0: And we're live.
1: Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining me today on Becca's World. I'm your host, Blind Becca. And today we're recording another episode of The Blind View Live. And Todd is with me right now and Jim is trying to get on with us. So we're just going to talk for a few moments to give Jim a chance. How are you today, Todd?
0: I am wonderful.
1: Okay, so let, tell us about you, please, Todd. You haven't been on The Blind View before. Can you tell us where you're from and a little bit about yourself?
0: Yes, I'm from Bowson, Montana. I have retinitis pigmentosa, and I am light perception only right now. I have a chocolate lab for a guide dog that I've had for two years. And I'm married with two children in the house, and then we have two older children that live in Montana, and one of them is married with our four grandchildren. So we literally have four children and four grandchildren and uh, uh, I'm a certified rehab counselor and I've worked in management and I've worked in food service and really enjoy outreaching to the blind community and here in Bozeman, I'm part of the Bozeman chapter of the Montana Association for the Blind. And we've got about 70 members in the four counties we serve.
1: So yeah, we should talk about the mab today too, because the mab is a really good organization of the Montana Association for the um,
0: Yes. So
1: would you would you like to get started talking about some of that stuff? Um,
0: so Jim is here.
2: Jim, can you hear us? I can. There we go. Okay.
1: Oh hey Jim, good morning. How are you, sir?
2: Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I can. Can you hear me?
1: Yep. I can hear you.
2: Can you hear me? You can?
1: Yes. Can you hear me?
2: Okay. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yes, I can. Very well. Jim, Todd is on the show with us today. Okay.
2: All right. Hi, Todd. Hi, Jim. Hi, Jim. Good to meet you.
1: So, Jim, would you tell? Would you like to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself? Todd just did that as well, and then Todd can learn about you a little bit too. Oh, uh,
2: um, I don't have much to tell. I'm a musician, uh, um, and uh, basically, that's music is my, what I've been doing, and that's it's really all there is to tell. Exciting or anything that's uh, to look up right away.
1: Okay. And um, I'm here. Okay. Todd? Yes? Did you make anything out of what he said? I heard a lot of static. Uh,
0: it, it boils down to Jim is a musician and that is his life. Yeah, Jim. Something is wrong yeah, right. with your connection because uh, your image keeps freezing, and there's a lot of crackling. Do you want to yeah. try to disconnect and reconnect, and I'll and I'll bring you back in?
2: Is that me you're talking to? Yes, Jim. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll see what I can do. Uh, so, uh, I'll.
0: I think we lost him again.
1: Okay. Well, she'll probably try to make it back in. Um, I, I don't want our viewers to get bored, so I think I'm just going to go ahead and start talking.
0: Um, go for it.
1: Okay. I, um, I think I want to talk about some of the interesting experiences I'm having with online dating these days um, as a blind woman. Um, because I never really tried online dating ever until the last couple of years. Um, And so it's been really interesting. Um, I'm really finding a lot of these people that I'm talking to, I don't wanna, they, they really lack substance, right? I have these guys who don't even know me. And the first question to me is, can I see a picture of your breasts, right? And these guys are so ridiculous. Um, I really think we need to have more substance um, when we're out there dating.
0: Becca, what platforms are you using?
1: Well, I I used to be on POF, and I still have a POF profile, but I really don't look at it very much. Um, and lately, I've been using this Facebook dating thing, right? Um, my, w- we- my
0: wife and I met through eHarmony.
1: Yeah, is eHarmony accessible, Todd? I mean, with JAWS, is it accessible?
0: Um, I used it with JAWS uh, 14, 15 years ago, yes.
1: Okay. I've never been on eHarmony, but, um, but you know, I, when I first started looking into online dating, I kind of had, you know, I had to work through it to find accessibility because I originally downloaded the Talk app, and um, it was kind of hard to learn how to use it at first, but then I was able to, I mean, I wasn't able to use all the functions on it, um, but mm-hmm. I was able to use enough of them where I started meeting some people. Um, so then, when Facebook came out with their Facebook dating like option on there, that was a a good thing because you didn't have to pay for it and it connected you with singles in your area because Facebook knows where you're at, right? Right. So I decided to like around Christmas time. I decided to just activate the Facebook dating app on my phone and try that for a while. And so that's what I've been doing for a while now. And I've met some really cool guys. Like I've, I've hung out and smoked some bud with some guys and I've went on some dinner dates and I met this guy, um, just before Christmas, who's also disabled. And we were able to hang out and have some good laughs together and you know, share some experiences together and become friends. So I've actually made a lot of friends through the online dating more so than long-term relationships, right?
0: Mm
1: -hmm. But it's, so it's, I'm using it more of like a social outlet.
0: I think no matter what program you use, you know, learn about it, understand how it works. And uh, the challenge is with eHarmony, you do have to pay for it. But there's 179 questions. And so there's lots of upfront work that you do and the nice part about that is not only do you learn about yourself it really makes you think about really what do i want in a person and what is my my values and my my personal hobbies and interests and then they match you based on the the geographic area that you would like to
1: um outreach to okay so you used eHarmony, and you said it was accessible with jaws
0: yes it was
1: so um so were, and it connected you with people in Montana or was it was it hard to find people in Montana?
0: Back then I was living in Minnesota. I grew up in Minnesota, went to school in uh, University of Minnesota, Mankato. So I lived in Mankato at the time I was doing graduate work. And the, the question asked, how far do you want your, your matches to be included? And so in Minnesota, you know, I only opened it up to a 30 mile radius of my home but literally you could open it up internationally anywhere in the world so you mm-hmm. give the parameters of the people you want to be matched
1: with no so on eharmony are there different levels of like yes membership you can have like so you can pay different fees so so you can have different like a different monthly fee and get perks access to different perks and stuff
0: yes you you can pay i don't remember i don't know what the new pay structure is, but a one month, three months, six months, a year. And so it depends on how long do you want to commit to matching with folks.
1: Okay, um, so I have, I have another question about eHarmony then. So I downloaded the Plenty of Fish app a couple of years ago and I used that. Does eHarmony have an app or is it only an online site?
0: I have absolutely no idea. I, I left that platform 15 that? years ago, so. Huh? It's possible they might.
1: Okay, cool. Well, I just know I'm glad we're talking about this today because I know, like, as a blind woman, um, you know, I I went blind just before I became a teenager. So of course, when I was a teenager, I wanted to figure out how to date, but I couldn't how to meet people. And then I went into my twenties, and you know, so as as blind individuals, I think sometimes it's more challenging for us to figure out ways to meet people. To go do whatever we want to do whether it's just hang out and be friends or have more of a romantic relationship or whatever so i agree um i'm glad that we're taking the opportunity today to talk about some of these accessible apps that we've used um so is there anything else either of you would like to share today did jim make it back in yet
0: he is not back in okay I think for me, kind of tying it into the the dating app, which uh, what I'm about to say has nothing to do with dating. It's all about connections. And so through the Montana Association for the Blind, I connect with people throughout the state and we do a weekly social call and we had very positive reviews having you on yesterday um, talking to us about your life and the challenges you went through. And so we've got lots of connections throughout the state that we match people with, um, getting them connected into resources, encouraging them to attend the summer orientation program or connect with the the local independent living centers. And so just trying to provide resources into Montana were the best kept secret when it comes to Montana and just trying to share resources. I'm a wealth of resources, so I try and get people plugged into the needs that they have to make their lives more independent.
1: Montana is a really beautiful state full of good people with good intentions, but there's not a lot of resources there to get the tools and training that blind Americans need.
0: Some of it is there. They just don't know about it, and that's the communication piece, trying to figure out how can we get the the resources to the individuals.
2: Um, have you so, guys
1: made sure that all of the information about what you have to offer is in all of the doctor's offices in particularly the eye doctor's offices across the state? Because a lot of people I'm sure every day in Montana, there's people being diagnosed with macular degeneration and other eye diseases, right? Well, if their doctor knew that you guys were there, they could get the doctor could give them the resources when they diagnosed them and the people could you know, get the right information right off.
0: We try, but with all the eye doctors in the, the state, it's sometimes hard and they, they change locations or phone numbers or addresses. And so it's a constant, it's a full-time job trying to connect with eye doctors.
1: I wonder if at the state level, if there is an agency that is in charge of all of the obstetricians and eye doctors and whatever across the state, so they could send out a mass email to all of them informing them of what's available do you know what i mean yes that might be a an option to look into because i think the the state governments probably have access to all those kinds of registries and those kinds of like information
0: definitely worth checking into Mm -hmm.
1: well i wish you luck with that todd because i mean i love montana and i have still have a lot of friends there and i have family there too and I, I really want things to go well for my friends and family in Montana.
0: Now, this year we have the summer orientation program in uh, Billings. So this will be our first time in Billings doing the four week training program, doing the daily living skills, mobility. The, mm-hmm. uh, we're currently looking for a woods woodsman that would be willing to help us with uh, learning the different tools and technology when it comes to woodworking,
1: building a fire and stuff like that camping. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's a that's a really cool cool idea. Um, and you said it's gonna be in Billings this year. Yes. Are you guys using the co- like college dormitories or? Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's wonderful, Todd.
0: Yep. And then I think next year we'll be back in Helena at the Carroll College, and so. Um... Oh. Cool.
1: You know, you guys have been doing that summer orientation program for a long time.
0: Yeah, at least thirty years. So I think I at one point in pretty time pretty we sure were sure
1: that was the summer orientation program I was taken to in nineteen eighty nine, in the fall of nineteen eighty nine when I first went blind.
0: Was that in Bozeman?
1: It was in Great Falls at the Deaf and Blind School back then. Oh okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I've only lived
0: in Montana for four years, so uh just trying to catch up on history. That's always interesting.
1: Yeah, back then I met, I was like a little girl and had gone blind for the first time and I was meeting my first blind people in my life, right? Mm -hmm. I I guess I can go ahead and mention her name because she's long dead. Her name was Jerry Lincoln. Um, She was a blind woman who was trying to teach me braille. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was dealing with a lot though and I, I couldn't even bring myself to try to I mean, I was literally like within a couple weeks of becoming blind or a few, Mm -hmm. within a few months of becoming blind and all this was happening. I just wasn't there yet. And so Jerry Lincoln was trying to teach me Braille and, um, and so that was nice meeting Jerry and I met Jane Ganner, who was a sighted woman, but who had a heart for the blind and Jerry, Jerry had been living with Jane for, I don't know how long they were like roommates. And I met... Helen Greenlee eventually who Helen um, was trying to talk my parents into letting me learn how to use a cane and stuff and my parents just weren't into it right my parents were really scared and really confused but I met a lot of really cool people in Montana back then that were blind or working with the blind and you know looking back I really it was really great what Montana was trying to do with very little resources
0: right
2: yeah, I wish that I,
0: I had an opportunity to do a blind camp in
2: uh, North Dakota,
0: which I'm going to go to this year. It'll be um, Camp Grassic is uh, south of Bismarck. And this will be their 50th um, anniversary for the structured blind camp.
1: So are you, and, like, I mean, as a camper or are you, are you...
0: You stay in cabins and... But- They're on, uh, I forget which lake that they're on, but um, it's uh, uh, there's several cabins on the property. And then they teach you the adjustment to blindness training and mobility. They have (laughs) the first ever blind marching band. And so one of the days we'll do a a marching band uh, performance. And we have a, a dance and a live auction.
1: So Todd, are, are you going to be a, a counselor at the camp or what are you doing there?
0: Um, I'm just gonna be a participant. I oh, uh, was wow. a participant in 2014 and uh, I miss all my North Dakota friends and uh, so I'll be going there. And so then you in
1: blind counselors and stuff at that camp or are they all sighted?
0: Uh, I think all of them are are blind, most of them.
1: That must be an awesome camp. I went to some fun camps when I was a teenager.
0: Have you ever gone to Oral Hall in Oregon?
1: No, I went to like Camp Courage in Minnesota, and I went, oh, to, yeah. um, I went to Flathead Bible Camp in Montana there once or twice, and that's not a blind camp, but I went as a blind person without a camp. Right. Um and I don't know, I think there might have been, I think there was a blind camp in Idaho I went to, too. Oh, there was, there was this guy named Ed Horan, him and his wife, yep. Penny. Did you know them?
0: Yeah, I actually talked to him yesterday.
1: Oh, tell Ed I said hello. I... I didn't even know if him is is penny still around i hope
0: she is yeah
1: oh Mm -hmm. i didn't even know if they were still alive they were so old last time i saw them but yeah oh come on i was one of the blind teenage campers that they used to pick up in their camper when they or their big bus whatever it was when they drive around the state and they like stop in several cities and pick up blind people and take us all to the camp i don't remember what camp was but
0: it's a seventh day advent uh camp in idaho and um uh, it's still going and they're still doing it but
1: wow that's a remarkable God. and that was like 30 years ago dude mm-hmm. um well i'm really glad to know that ed and penny Haran are still alive and doing well and that they're still helping the blind blind community in montana that yeah. that's really good service you know driving around the state because in montana i i've talked about this on some of my other shows but i know not everybody watches all my shows so i'm going to talk about it again In Montana, the the public transportation system is almost non-existent. I was in high school when we lost like 99% of our Greyhound service in Montana. Mm -hmm. And so it's hard for blind individuals to go anywhere to get out of the city they live in in Montana. So like I said, that was a really great thing that Ed and Penny Horan were doing back then, and maybe still they are doing, um, where they drive around pick all of us up and take us to camp every summer.
0: Yeah, we've got uh, Jefferson lines that comes through Bozeman, but the uh, light rail Amtrak goes up through Helena, and so I don't have access to do the. I suppose I could take Jefferson up to Helena and uh, or up to Great Falls, but that's uh, a work around trying to it's, it's, find it may transportation. Be very
1: convenient either, huh?
0: Right. Yeah.
1: So I was just leaving Montana when that thing came in. I think it's what turned into this Jefferson thing you're talking about. Back then, it was some people that were coming out of, I think it was Salt Lake City, and they were going to do something they called the Salt Lake Express, was the bus they were trying to pull together um, with a route going across the state of Montana to pick people up and take them into Salt Lake and stuff, and I guess Mm -hmm. have them connect with other help them connect with other forms of transportation to get other places. Um, And it sounded good on paper, but boy, they didn't last very long, I think just a couple months. Mm
0: -hmm. My guide dog is snoring. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Southwest, uh, historically, we now have Southwest Airlines in Bozeman. They landed their first plane here yesterday. And the two pilots actually were graduates of Uh, Bozeman University and so it was a historical moment yesterday
1: oh that's remarkable Todd and what Mm -hmm. you said what airline was it southwest southwest cool so I bet I could catch a a southwest flight directly up there huh
0: yeah you should come on down for coffee sometime
1: so you're in you're in is it Billings
0: Bozeman. Bozeman
1: oh I don't want to go to Bozeman never mind why I not? Is probably flying into Missoula, too, huh? Yeah. I usually, typically, when I go up to Missoula, I try to catch an Allegiant flight because it's a direct flight. Oh, yeah. But yes. they only fly Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Sundays. And I bet the Southwest flight would also be a direct flight. And it'd probably be available every day. So.
0: something to check into.
1: Yeah, I'll have to do that. Thanks for letting me know that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um did Jim make it back in yet? Here we're going to take a quick commercial break, okay Tom? Okay everybody. Great news. You can now get both of my books on Audible. My first book, Because You're Blind, is the story of how I went from that terrified little girl who woke up suddenly blind and brain injured at the age of 12 years old, and then years later was locked down under an illegal and corrupt guardianship in the state of Montana for 15 years. It's the story of how I defeated all of that and overcame all of that. And then my second book, Changing My Perspective, is how I use my own thinking to empower myself to change my life after all of that. And now today, I am the founder and president of Blue Butterfly Enterprises, as well as host and creator of Becca's World on YouTube. And I have a lot of other great projects going on, but I just wanted to encourage you guys to check out the audible versions of my books because they're both good stories. And you can get, there's, I have some free downloads of each book available. If you email me at info at I would be happy to send you a free download so you can check it out. Thank you so much for your time. And now back to the blind view. Okay, I think we're back. Are you there, Todd?
0: We're back. I sure am. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, um, did Jim make it back in? I guess Jim has. It. No, Jim's Wi Fi you know. went out. He's having technical difficulties right now. Um, okay. I don't know if he's going to be able to make it back in. Okay. Um. So, Todd, are you guys going camping this weekend for Memorial Day weekend?
0: Not this weekend. It's a little bit too uh, busy, but uh, in two, not this weekend, but next weekend we are. We're going to uh, go connect up um, in parts of Montana that I haven't been to. Um, so we'll be near Garrison camping there.
1: Garrison? Mm-hmm. Where is Garrison at in Montana?
0: Garrison is kind of between Butte and Helena.
1: Oh, okay.
0: okay. On your way to Missoula.
1: Now, do they have RV hookups there or are you guys just. I school think school?
2: I'm in, you guys.
1: Oh, hey, Jim, how are you? All right, oh, I'm back. Sorry about all the trouble there. No problem. Todd do you guys have like an rv are you guys gonna do hookups or
0: we have a pop-up camper we pull behind our van
1: oh cool and how many children did you say you have
0: i have two in the house and then so do you guys have... have
1: a dog like a dog you're gonna take camping with you
0: uh my guy dog yeah he's a chocolate lab
1: is he pretty good at letting you know if there's someone crawling around too
0: sometimes <laughs>
1: Because I always like having a dog when i went camping just for safety purposes. Because so.
0: uh,
1: mm-hmm. a dog will also protect you from bears and mountain lions and stuff while you're camping in Montana. So, Right. Yeah. Okay. Jim, how are you? Do you have anything you'd like to share?
2: Oh, no. I was just listening. I was trying to catch up on what I missed.
1: Um, We've been talking. Well, we talked about online dating and we talked about camping. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um,
2: was that gone that long all right um you guys getting get it good if you a couple
1: and we took our commercial break
0: we this morning we uh had three hot air balloons launching right across the street from us
1: oh, and wow.
0: that's on my uh my bucket list to do is go hot air ballooning
1: oh wow is there a hot air balloon place across from where you live or something
0: uh it's one of their launching places oh. um, in big sky they have a company that does that for a living oh. and uh but right across the street from us there's an open field where they launch and i wish i had my shoes on quick enough so i would have been there when they were blowing it up But <laughs> um, and then my friend just a mile west of us has property where they launch as well so i I'm hoping at some point in my lifetime I will be able to afford to be able to go hot air ballooning.
1: Have you checked to see how much it is?
0: Uh it's more than two hundred.
1: Oh, really?
2: How long of a ride do you get for a hot air balloon?
0: It's about an hour ride. Huh. Two hundred A get- uh, hundred
2: bucks for thirty minutes.
0: Yep, yeah, pretty much. <laughs>
2: But I bet it would be a thrill of it. That would be well worth
0: it. Totally, I'd like to go in Oregon. My friend that is in charge of blind skills in Oregon, she uh, she did an extreme hot air ballooning where she, they they launched and then they landed on the Sandy River uh, wow. with their baskets, and then at some point they relaunched again. So it's kind of cool that,
2: that is can... cool. <laughs> wow.
1: That's amazing. I always
2: thought about. Yeah, I was gonna say you, you you've done a lot of adventure. Have you ever thought about doing that?
0: Absolutely. In two thousand and thirteen, I was at Oral Hall Recreational Center in Sandy, Oregon, and I went white water rafting. I did uh, a one point nine mile hike in the Sandy Forest. I ca- crawled through the lava caves in Mount St. Helen Helena. That was that was totally awesome.
2: That's, expi- yeah. That's inspiring. So you you're an inspiration to a lot of
1: people.
0: I'm willing to try anything at least twice.
1: You know, I, I, I want it. The thing I always enjoyed when I went to like summer camp was the horseback riding. I, I always wanted to do whitewater rafting. I don't think I ever got to do that.
0: Well, I encourage you to do it. It's fun.
1: Yeah, well, I'm in Arizona now. I have to find some water with some rapids around here.
0: Might have to go over to the canyon. Mm
1: -hmm. Yep.
2: That sounds fascinating, though, really. I like being outside nature. I've been changing, I know that much. That's one thing I was able to do. And that was really very interesting. What was that that you did? Caving.
1: Okay. Do you say diving?
2: Caving. C-A-V-I-N-G.
1: Oh, what is that, Jim?
2: Well, you explore these, uh, you know, you go to underground caves, explore rooms, and, you know.
1: Is is it underwater caves or underground? Or both?
2: Underground underground caves.
1: Oh, really?
2: And, yeah, sometimes to crawl through little narrow entrances to get to other hidden rooms and so forth.
1: So did they describe the caves and how they were formed and stuff as you guys were going through the tour or whatever? Yeah.
2: <clears throat>
1: oh, yeah. That's awesome.
0: I did that in, uh, uh, it's Lewis and Clark Caverns and it's about 15 miles away from us and we did that last year. Oh, I just see. That's nice. Uh, Bats sit at the entrance of the cave, and so it's always creepy going in there and having the bats uh, come flying
2: out. It's always cooler in the caves, too. Yes. Well, they say you can find an underground room where there's heat due to mineral springs underneath, but it's usually cooler in there, but it's pretty neat. I'd like to go back again. I haven't been here since I've been in Tennessee, but I'd love to go.
1: I remember when when I was a I think a junior in high school or a senior in high school, my parents and I and my little sister flew to San Francisco so I could see a doctor about getting my eyes fixed. And while we were in San Francisco, so we toured the prison. There's a prison that's on an island there. And I'm trying to remember the name of the uh-huh. prison. What? Alcatraz. In San Francisco? Yeah. Alcatraz. Yeah, oh, Alcatraz. Alcatraz. yeah we, t- we toured Alcatraz while we were there. And it was so much fun for me. Like, I was blind, so I couldn't see it, right? And I was so used to my parents making me go do things that were completely boring or even dangerous for me, right? Because of my blindness. And this was the first time I remember being with my parents on an activity like this and actually enjoying it just as much as them, possibly even more, because we had these headsets. And as we toured Alcatraz, we were listening to guards who had been worked at, in the okay. prison over the years describing stories of different inmates and stuff and different occurrences. And so it was really fascinating. And they talked about famous prisoners and stuff that had been there and about, uh, like, escape attempts and stuff. Um, and mm-hmm. so it was really interesting. And I really appreciated the fact I was able to take part in it. So if any of our viewers have not toured Alcatraz in San Francisco, I would encourage you guys to check it out. Because at least back in the 90s when I was there, it was pretty awesome.
0: I've been there, too.
1: Well, you have, Todd. So did you enjoy it as well?
0: I did. I think it was 2000-ish when I went there.
1: So, were you, were you losing your vision yet at that point?
0: I was low vision.
1: Okay. So, did you no. find that having the headsets with the guards talking helped a lot?
0: Yes, it was uh, very helpful. I've always believed in audio description and mm-hmm. um, accessibility. So that's, um, and I remember the going to San Francisco and seeing all the street people there. And there was one guy by the, um, he goes by Bushman and he was an African American and he held a bush and he would jump out at people and scare him. That's what he would do. And he was well known as the Bushman and he passed away several years ago, but, uh, i um, always cool seeing the entertainment and the pier in San Francisco. I'd love to go back to San Francisco and, uh, see the bridge again. And, um, for the the facility, but.
1: yeah. I wonder how San Francisco fared during the during the quarantine. You know, I remember hearing that New York City mm-hmm. took some big hits, but I didn't hear anything about San Francisco. Not sure. Um, Jim, are you on? I wonder if we lost Jim. Todd-
0: yeah, he got kicked. I'm trying to bring him back.
1: Oh, okay. Todd, is
0: there anything else you'd like to talk about today? Well, I I, uh, enjoy Mesa, Arizona. That's where my in-laws live. And in 2014, I got to go to the the desert there. And we did uh, four whaling through the the areas of Arizona there. And I got to experience jumping cactuses. And um, that was so cool to be able to... Go uh, four-wheeling with my in-laws down there.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, So when my sister first moved here in February of 2019, um, like the first walk she went on, she came home so excited. Her eyes were wide, And she was so excited to tell me about all these cool insects she'd seen, these cool birds, Mm -hmm. all these cool cactuses, because she had never seen anything like that in Montana. So I really to yeah. really appreciate the beauty around here that I really hadn't had a chance to see yet when my sister moved here and she started describing it. That.
0: Have you ever experienced the jumping cactuses down in Arizona there?
1: Oh, like when I first moved here, like I had to wear blue jambles out walking because some somewhere, like I'd walk my dog, right? And somewhere around here, there was like, um, someone apparently had some jumping cactuses in their front yard because I'd get home and there were burrs like in my pant legs.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: so you know why they do that, right? Hi Jim.
2: I'm back, yeah. I, I have I'm sorry. Sorry. I have no idea what's good, huh?
1: Todd, you know how those jumping cactuses do that, right?
0: Um, if somebody's told me I've
1: forgotten. So I learned about them when I was a little girl in school. I had a very good education as a child in elementary school. And I learned about them before I ever went blind. And it's really a fascinating thing. So these jumping cactuses, they actually sense body heat. And when they sense the body heat, they throw the burrs at the the attacker that they sense to protect themselves, right? But that's how they know you're there is they, the cactus literally senses your body heat. Hmm. So I think it's so fascinating.
2: Right. Do you
0: do much hiking in uh, Arizona or not? I can't
1: hear you,
0: Todd. I am right here.
1: Okay, well, I didn't hear what you said.
0: I think uh, Jim is there, but he's kind of a, his microphone must be muted or something.
1: Jim, are you there? Okay. Well, I don't like a lot of dead air on the show and stuff. So, do we want to talk about these jumping cactuses some more, Todd, or are we done talking about that?
0: Sure. I. Uh, it's definitely something that you don't want to get stuck in your arm. That's for sure, because it's oh. like a a fish hook.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. they these they're these burrs with like like exactly like you described, like these like hooks and. So yeah, the plant throws these burrs at you, and these hooks catch in your clothing, or in your your hair, or in your your skin, and they don't hurt really bad, but I mean they're a pain in the butt. And I don't know it's really interesting the way they do it. Like I said, it's one of God's interesting creations.
0: It's amazing how many different types of uh, ch- types of cactuses there are. I think there's over 200 types of cactuses.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh. So my sister has described some of the interesting cactuses around here to me, right? And, but uh, mm-hmm. the the ones that are flowering cactuses, the yeah. ones that are shaped like the ones that we used to see on the Bugs Bunny and Road show when we were little. I you call know,
0: those ape hangers. <laughs> the
1: saguaro cactuses, I guess. Yes. Called. So, yeah. um, and then there's the barrel cactuses here, and yeah. So it's really cool. And then she's seen like all these cool little lizards. She's seen little tiny lizards and larger lizards and she's seen all kinds of cool bugs. And then there's all kinds of awesome birds. So like I can hear the birds. Right. And mm-hmm. and I've got like lots of cool trees in my backyard. I've got two or three different kinds of palm trees in my backyard. Um, so my backyard feels like a, a Hawaiian paradise when I go out there.
0: Do you have I'm any citrus pretty- trees down there?
1: Um, there's such as trees, like when I walk around the block, a lot of my neighbors have like oranges and and pineapples and kiwi and stuff like that, that falls off their trees in their front yard, it just lays in their lawn and rots. Right. Um, when I first moved here, I went and got a juicer because one of my neighbors was bringing me like fresh oranges, all the time.
0: Sweet,
1: and so when you move here, like if you buy a juicer, you don't even have to have fruit trees in your yard because everybody has most everybody has fruit trees, so it's not hard to find a neighbor that'll give you some fresh fruit. So, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: yep,
1: so I guess Jim's not going to make it back in. Um, is there anything else you want to talk about today, Todd?
0: um nothing on the top of my head
1: okay well i think i'm gonna wrap the show up thank you for joining us today on becca's world i'm your host blind becca please like share and hit the subscribe button peace out y'all that's a wrap thank you for watching becca's world